Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I want to start off today by saying that I I know this is going to be a little out of the category of what we are going to be discussing um, later in this broadcast as well as in the coming days. But I have been approached by quite a few people because of things that have been happening recently. And when I say recently, I mean very, very recently. And we spoke before about October and certain things that happen, certain rituals that take place in October. And they are blood rituals. These things do demand that people, animals, living things be slaughtered for what whatever they are doing during these rituals. So there are sacrifices that take place. So what you have been seeing, and without me going into the the real absolute detail, I'm sure you understand where what I'm referring to, but what we are seeing with this is, yes, as an answer to everyone's question, yes, this is a ritual that took place. It's not an accident. It's something that, as far as these occultists, as far as they believe and their practices, this is something that had to happen. So if you do the numbers, you will see right away. I didn't even have to write them down. I just saw it like it was screaming at me. So this thing that just happened, that's pretty big news. Yes, that is a part of all of this, all of this, um, what happens once, you know, once you get to October 13th and on, then these things are really not surprising. Of course, it's always a little shocking when it happens and it is sad. It's sad to the person, the innocent person. It's, it's sad that this happens to them. But they are sacrificed by others for whatever purposes. I mean, I can't get into all of that right now at this time. But yes, that's what you're seeing. And um, they always will throw the numbers out there. Certain people, I mean, everyone is going to pass on out of this realm at some point. But they, it, it seems like they make it a point to say these numbers. You could, I mean, it's just the, the way they do it, like with a matter of um, satisfaction. And one of the numbers today was 6-6, six, six, the number that was mentioned. There were two things that happened today 
or that were announced. And one of them was, well, I already, we already um, knew about it, but um, they announced it early today on the news. And then the second thing that happened, they announced it this afternoon. So we are going to see more of this. And you're going to also see a pattern begin to emerge with all of this. And um, we know accidents do happen. There are such things as accidents, as accidents, but this was not one. So don't be surprised. There will more than likely be more. Some of them are high profile and some are not. Some of them we'll never hear about because it's just uh, um, happens to just your regular average people. But it's happening everywhere, whether we hear about it or not. Let me tell you something. And it's going to escalate. We're already, we're already getting, I mean, you know, we're more than halfway through this month. It's the 22nd. We are only days away from the 31st. So more and more. Okay. The other thing that I wanted to um, tell you about is we have, um, well, many of us have heard these type of incidents happening before. But, um, you know, this happened um, to me so many years ago. I was in the master bathroom and I was between one of the sinks and where the bathtub is. And I was all alone and something shoved me. I mean, this wasn't a push. It wasn't a tap. It wasn't me getting a dizzy spell. Something shoved me and I almost tipped over. And so I had to put my hand down because I would have tipped over and like gone into the bathtub. That's how much of a shove it was. So many of us have also experienced these type of things. The story about um, people being pulled. They're in their house and something pulls them. Um, There was an incident so many years ago. One of my uh, sisters, she was at my grandmother's house and their water heater is in a, like a closet thing that's inside the house. It's not in the garage. It's inside the house and it's in like this little cubby of a cutout in the wall type of thing. And so it's like a closet. You open that up and there's a water heater in there. Well, I don't know what she was doing because underneath that water heater, there's another separate little door and they would store things down there like, um, I don't know, their stuff that they used for the bathrooms, whatever, their cleaning supplies and stuff. And so one of my sisters was there and she was bending over and she was getting something out of that little bottom, little closet area underneath the water heater. And something pushed her. So it pushed her with enough force that she almost hit her head on the water heater And she stood up right away because we have brothers. And you know how brothers are sometimes. They just want to come and mess with you. 
So she stood up right away and she turns around like getting ready to see one of them. And there was no one there. So she hurries up and she walks out into the living room or walks into the other bedroom. There's no one there. Like My grandparents were out in the backyard. But the thing about this is that she had a handprint on the back of her shirt. It looked like it was either like dust or powder of some sort. But there was like a handprint of like if it would have been the thing that shoved her. And it was a little bit at an angle so that the fingers were pointing slightly to the left. And she saw that and she started getting all like freaked out. What? Something almost pushed me into the water heater and now I got a handprint on the back of my shirt. La la la. Well, um, I don't really know about that house, but... um, I I don't I don't think I've ever had any any type of incident in there except for um, a couple of them, but nothing like this. I mean, nothing where it could um, potentially be physically like harmful to you. Nothing like that. So that was um, another one of those things that I have heard about being pushed or pulled or things like this. So. It was brought up to me a couple of days ago. One of my coworkers was telling me that when she first moved into her house, it was her husband had passed away. And so they sold that house, her and her children. And so she bought a a different house and they were like starting over again. And she was telling me that at night, her daughter her oldest daughter would be scared and wouldn't want to go into her room. And she was like, what's wrong with you? And she was like, I don't know. There's something in there. I can feel it. And she would tell her daughter, there's nothing in this house. The priest came, he blessed the house. So it's fine. You go back to your bed and don't be scared and don't worry about anything. Well, what ends up happening to her daughter is that she ended up getting pulled off of her bed by her feet. And it wasn't just a one-time occurrence. This happened quite a few times. And she told me that at one point she was there in the room with her daughter and she was putting things away and her daughter was getting ready to go to bed and something pulled her daughter uh, once again by her, like pulling her off the bed by her ankles. And she actually, the, the mom, the person who's telling me this story, said I had to jump on her bed and get her by like under her arms and try to pull her back on the bed. And she said there was something that we could not see that was pulling my daughter, attempting to pull her all the way off the bed. I don't know what would have happened if it would have been able to do that. But she said, and I was pulling her back with all of my might. So there were other occurrences that happened in that house until they finally moved out. So this type of thing, once again, is nothing new. This happened also to um, my dad. And I don't know really what this phenomenon is. My dad and his brother... When they were, they were young, they were boys and they shared a room and 
They didn't have beds. They just had mattresses that were on the floor because um, they were with their grandparents and they were like dumped off with their grandparents. Okay, like by my grandmother. My grandmother just said, I don't want to raise these kids. I'm going to go out and party. And so here you go. So she just kind of like dumped them on the grandparents who were not even my grandmother's parents. They were my grandfather's parents. So anyways, they weren't really prepared. So they, all they could get right away were a couple of mattresses, put them on the floor in that room. And that was their room temporarily. So what ends up happening is, I don't know if they still do it, maybe in uh, some other countries, but um, this was a, a while ago, you know. And one of my one of their aunts died. One of my dad's aunts passed away, and they used to do the the viewings, and um, they would have the body there in the house instead of being at the mortuary. They call it a velorio, and they would. That's what they would do. They would have it in the house. So it must have not been very late. He doesn't know what time it was. You know, when you're a kid, it could be like nine o'clock and you feel like it's close to midnight. But it was at night and they were going to bed. And I guess they were having people to come in the house to come and view the body. So from their bedroom door, they could see like the outline of their aunt's face in the coffin. Because, you know, she was kind of like propped up a little bit so people could come and uh, view her. But even though they could, my dad and uh, my uncle, they could see like the side profile of her face a little bit. So he says what happened was she took a deep breath and sighed. He said, we were not seeing things. We were not hallucinating. And we did not imagine this. And he, to I mean, he doesn't change his story. If you ask him a hundred times, the story has never changed. And he said, she went, ah. <gasps> Like that. And he said when that happened, he saw a faint trickle of like water or some sort of liquid come out of the side of her mouth that they could see. And he said right away, his grandfather and the, the person from the mortuary ran up there and the, the mortician or whoever the guy was who was there took a, like a uh, handkerchief out and dabbed the side of her mouth where that liquid had, had come, had uh, trickled down a little bit. And he's not lying. I know when my dad is just telling a story, he was not lying. I really do believe that him and my uncle experienced that. But anyways, it wasn't too long after they witnessed this happen 
which we like, okay, how do you explain that? She's already been embalmed. The body has been, you know, there in animated object for a few days now. So how in the world would she have been able to take a breath? How in the world would she have even been able to make a sound or to sigh? There has to still be some air in your body to be able to go, huh, to blow that out. These type of things, okay, they might happen at the beginning, but not days later with an embalmed body getting ready to be buried. I, I really don't have an explanation for this. But it wasn't very long later when that happened to my uncle, as far as him being pulled. My dad says they were laying there, you know, my uncle was on his mattress, my dad was on his, and they were just like supposed to be going to sleep, but they were just talking. And all of a sudden, my uncle gets like pulled off his mattress by his feet, just like zip, just like that. And he laid there and he started crying. And my dad got up and he was like, oh, it's okay. You know, and he helped uh, my uncle get back on his mattress. Okay. They don't know what happened, but they just were try. Okay. We're just going to go to sleep now. And he said, it happened again. It happened for a second time. By this time, his brother, my uncle, was really starting to, because he was scared, probably out of his mind, and he was really starting to cry. So my dad said, and this is another strange thing, because my, my grandfather, my dad's grandfather, was uh, my great-grandfather, he was so Catholic. This guy was so Catholic, just um, very, very strict. He would walk to morning mass every single day because they didn't live far from the church. It was like down uh, across the street and then there it was. And he would go to mass every single morning of his life. Him and my grandmother, they would have the the pastor the the priest over for dinner like every couple of weeks they were church people they were very very catholic extremely so and so when my dad told me his grandfather said if things like scare you if things start happening and you're like getting attacked and you're like spooky things. He said, cuss at them. You make them go away. You cuss at them. So when my dad told me this, I'm like, wait a minute, that's coming from, from Papa Nino. Like he was way too Catholic to be cussing. I don't think he would ever say anything foul in his life. So I always remembered that. So anyways, my dad says, when that happened for the second time, and he remem- that's what he would call his grandfather, he, for whatever reason, he called him Papa Nino. So anyways, my dad remembered hearing that, hearing what his grandfather had said. So he started cussing. And then it didn't happen again. And it didn't happen anymore. 
And there's someone recently, we were talking, and she is having a lot of activity in her house, or at the time she was. And she was saying how uh, certain things are happening, and anyone who goes into her house has an experience, and uh, a very unsettling experience as well. And she was just telling me all these things that were happening. And then she said, you know, so what I'm doing is I started cussing at it. I said, you know what? My dad told me that a long time ago. And she's like, yeah, that's what I started to do. So to me, it's like, it it doesn't make sense. When you think of something that is of a lower level, something that is like evil and you're going to say bad, evil things to it and it's going to make it run away, that just defies logic. In, in my mind anyways. But for whatever reason, this is, I guess this is uh, something that is more well known than I thought. Because people do do this and for them... I, I guess it works to, to some degree. But I remember, and I probably told you guys a story before, that I I was dreamy, but it was like a dream vision type of thing. And that I was walking, and I was um, in this neighborhood that I used to live in that's not too far from my grandmother's house. And that it was in the day and I was walking and there was some man and he was like digging in his garden. And as I came upon him, you know, I'm walking by and as I got closer, he looked at me and he had this evil looking face, like a male version of that green looking witch on the Wizard of Oz. And I knew right away that he was evil. And I told him, fuck you. And he got the biggest smile on his face. Man, I'm getting goosebumps. He got this big smile. And he said, fuck you too, Maria. Oh, yeah. And so I I don't remember the rest of the dream. It happened a very long time ago. But um, it's just like, okay, so I guess that wouldn't work for me if I tried to do something like that which I never have. I never have tried to do anything like that because to me, it's almost like trying to put out a fire with gasoline, you know? So um, I, I really don't know. I don't know where that came from. I don't know how that could be beneficial or make anything stop. The other thing is... Um, because we have, we spoke about this many, many times about the incident with um, the, the dead body making that sound. And I, I mean, okay, let's just say that that is possible. There is a small little remnant of air in the lung area. And so, okay, it's not unheard of. And this, it doesn't happen all the time, but every so often this is possible and it does happen. All right. But what about the liquid that came out of the side of the mouth? And it really did happen because the two men ran up there and one of them dabbed the side of her mouth there with a, with a handkerchief. So it's just 
it leaves me with many questions. Even though my dad and my uncle were young boys, things like this that you see when you're young, I mean, that's traumatizing. That traumatized them. And one of the reasons that I know is because my dad just never changed that story. Never. Every single thing was always the same. And when you can remember every single detail, it's because you either really like it a lot, it was the best time of your life, or you were traumatized. And I, I would even go as far as to say that trauma will enable you to remember details better and truer than a really happy time. Because a really happy time, you tend, as the years go by, to embellish it even more. Because it was just a wonderful time, and you were just so happy, and everything was zen and great and perfect. And so it just seems to get better and better as the years go. Because that's what we tend to do. We tend to romanticize things, but with uh, something that happens and we were traumatized. That's like an imprint it creates on your mind, on your psyche even. That's why people, they're like in their 80s and stuff like that. And they can tell you exactly what they were doing when they heard that President Kennedy had been murdered. Anyone that you ask who was alive at that time, and I'm not talking about little tiny children. I'm talking about people who were working, people who were in school, like middle school, high school, college, maybe even some elementary school kids in the little bit grades, like maybe fifth grade, sixth grade, stuff like that. They can tell you every detail because that was traumatizing. And I'm going to tell you something else. Even though I wasn't there, even though that happened before me, it's still traumatizing because, and and okay, to a lesser degree, but every November... They, every November, they'll start playing that movie, that film of the assassination and certain things like this. And I realized that I was, I'm not going to say I was traumatized like the people who were alive at that time and who were, you know, raising their children or in college and stuff like that. But when I went to Dallas and I went to that area, the Grassy Knoll, Dealey Plaza, right there. We went into the school book depository that is now the museum. I stood there on that street in that spot because it's marked with an X. And I called my mother and I told her, I cannot believe I'm standing in this spot. 
where President Kennedy was murdered. Because in my opinion, from what I've seen on that film, they just shot him out in the street as if he was nothing more than like a, a dog. Nothing more than like a rabid animal. It was horrifying to see this, even though I saw it so many years later. It's still horrifying. You can see the bits splattering out and all of the accounts that I have read. The motorcycle cops who were right behind him, right behind that car. Well, I'll get into that next month, but um, that also now is considered to be a ritual. That is considered to be a blood sacrifice. There are certain things and indicators of this. One of them is Dealey Plaza itself. The area that it happened in itself. But I'll get into that later next month. These things are never just cut and dry as they, whoever they are, may want us to believe. There is always a lot more to the story. Okay, that is... um, pretty much all I've got right now. The reason for this is because I've actually been so many people. I mean, this is um, a lot of people now. And it's not easy to take me off my track. You know how I am. I'm easily like, oh, taken off task. It's really easy for me. Just show me something that I'm interested in. And let me put this down for a minute and go look up what you've brought to me. That it's That's just how I am. So I have recently had many, many people. For whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know why people ask me these questions. I am not an authority on things, especially things that are biblical. So I have so many people that have asked me, Is this shot, is this Covey shot the mark of the beast? Okay, I understand why they're asking me this. One of the reasons they're asking me this is because in certain locations, you can't go into certain establishments They don't want your money. They don't want you in there. And certain people are not able to work. Now they're going to fire cops. They're going to fire doctors and nurses and all of this stuff. And biblically speaking, it says that no one will be able to buy or sell lest he takes the mark. Okay. So that's why I, I see where they're coming from. Like, okay. Well, first of all, there... I mean, think about this, guys. There has to be a beast before you take the mark. Okay? So 
There is no, I mean, not prominently anyways. There is no beast who is prominently out there at this time. So I would have to say, no, this is not the mark. But what this is, seems to me now, and I'm not saying that if you've taken this, that, oh, you're damned. And no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. You know, we all do what we have to do. But the choice should always be ours, okay? So what, I, what it looks like to me, and I'm not even saying I'm right. This is just my own, how, how I see things is that this is kind of like a beta test. So it's almost like, all right, let's see the percentage of people who will just do this for they can go to a restaurant, go to a bar, go to the movies, go to a game, go on an airplane, go on a cruise, and certain things like this. Let's just get an, an idea. Okay. So they put this into place, and they call it mandatory. So, while that sounds like a bit scary word, mandate, mandatory, that sounds pretty scary. All that means is, is a strong suggestion. It's not a law, okay? So, that way, it's easier to gauge the percentage of the populations everywhere who would do this. And that's just how I see it. Many people, okay, and I'm not busting out anyone for doing this at all. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are diabetic, who have really chronic asthma, um, certain lung diseases, and all this and that, and who decided to take this because they didn't want to get COVID and and die. Okay, I get it. Of course, of course. But there is always another side to things. And I think the other part of this is also to gauge how, you know, what are we looking at as far as a percentage of people who would be willing to do this to keep their whatever you want to call it, a semblance of their former lifestyle because we will never get our former lifestyle back no matter what, no matter what we do. So I um, have to tell people who ask me that, I do not think it is the, but I think it is a way to gauge the the behavior of people who would do this. The other thing, and I know that I'm not talking about things that we are going to talk about in October, but I just want to put this out there, guys, because one of the other things that um, I learned recently, and I really would like to get into this a little bit more later, but, um, well, you know what? I'm going to wait on this one. I'm going to do a part two of this because this is something that's very interesting. And the reason why 
it was so interesting to me and caught my attention is because you have all these people that there hasn't been enough time. They, they put this shot together in record speed and, you know, there haven't been enough testing done and blah, blah, blah. Well, how do we know that? Because there was an incident that happened so many years ago. And I will have to say that I learned something this morning that tells me that, as a matter of fact, yeah, there has actually been enough time to test this. So what I'm, what I'm telling you guys is that I personally am not an anti-vax person. I am not. Maybe many of you are. Okay, that's fine. Because it should be our choice. I understand that. Yes. So I am not an anti-vax. But what I am is I'm an anti... We're going to force you to do something. I'm an anti-mandate. I'm an anti... We're going to make a law and you have to do this. No. As a matter of fact, no. So... I'm going to um I'm going to have to write this down. But there's something that I found out that's so interesting that I'm going to talk about it the next time I come on and the reason why I'm going to do this right now and not wait is because things seem to be coming to a boiling point here. There's a lot a lot going on. And it's all actually coinciding. It's all working together with October 31st, with the things that are happening right now, and all of this negativity, all of this energy. Because now we've got the people who are worried for their health. Of course, I get it. So we've got the frightened. We've got the angry, which I go back and forth. I mean, I'm not frightened, but I go back and forth with, okay, I'm concerned because, of course, we all live here. We're all concerned. But then I'm angry. And I'm most concerned about people being forced to do things that they don't want to do or maybe they just want to wait. Like, okay, let me wait at least and see what's, how it's going to go here. I'm all for that. Yeah, let me wait. Just like I don't want to be the first person to buy that new Uh, type of car, you know, nobody wants to buy that new car that it just came out. Well, usually anyways, we're going to wait until they work all the bugs out. So anyways, that's, um, that's just how I think that's how I feel. And that's how I believe if you want to do something, it's your body, it's your choice. If you don't want to do something, it's the same thing. It's your body. It's your choice. No one on this earth has a right to force us to do anything like force you to eat something, force you to uh, stick something in you with a needle, force any of that. 
Just like if you want to take it, no one should be standing in your way and saying, no, you can't do this. No, it's, it's, you're dumb because you just want to travel or you just want, no, that's your choice. And let people like lead you into doing certain things. A lot of times we have people in our lives who say, well, we made a decision and you're part of this, you know, this family unit. So you're going to come along with us and do this and that. And you're like, man, I really don't want to, but okay. So now you're coerced into doing something you really don't want to do. No, that's wrong, guys. That's wrong. And I put it also in this story, like about getting a haircut. You've got these women who have long hair. They've had long hair all their lives. And they kind of want to cut it short. They want to cut it shorter. They want to do something different, but they're kind of like hesitant. And people like that, and you, they got all these other people in their family or their acquaintances saying, you need to cut that hair. You look so much better. Why are you trying to hang on to that long hair? You're 50 years old or whatever. But see, it's not their choice. It's your choice. And I tell people when they start asking me, I say, you know what? As long as you have to debate with yourself about it, as long as you have to ponder and think over and over about it. Man, should I? I don't know. I say, you're not ready. You're going to know you're ready when you just say, well, you don't say anything. You just go down and you sit in that chair and you say, cut it. I want, if it's possible, I want a style that looks like this. That's when you're ready. You don't have to hem and haw. You're ready. But anyways... Um, I guess I'm, I guess I'm done, (laughs) but, um, thanks for coming and joining me guys. I really do appreciate it. I know that um, today was not what we were going to talk about, maybe just a little bit, but I had to get that out there because there's just so much negativity right now and we don't need negativity. We need everyone to be positive. We don't need to be angry at people. There are always going to be people that are crazy drivers. They make us angry. They make us crazy. We can't understand why they won't do this or why they will do this or are doing this. But if they are in our lives and they are decent to us and we have loved them and continue to love them, we need to accept them. We need to heighten our vibration, get rid of that negativity. Everybody who has had this, go outside, shake your hands out like you're getting water off them, spit it out of your mouth and take a big breath in of fresh air and get rid of the negativity. Even if you have to, I mean, Spit it out. I'm talking about literally spitting it out. Get rid of it. And I'm going to tell you, if we all did that, if we all do it, things are going to change. It will 
heighten everyone's vibration. Right now is very low. That's why there's so much of this stuff going on. We got to bring it up, guys. I'm, I'm serious. Along with those of you who pray, pray continuously. Don't stop. And we can change things without going out and carrying signs and getting angry and yelling and screaming. We can change things just by raising our vibration. Therefore, you are walking in the light and you can see things clearly because negativity is darkness and it covers our eyes. All right? So I'll be back probably Sunday. And this time we'll get into some spooky, okay? But um, there are just certain things that I can't keep it to myself. There's something good, something that is beneficial. I'm bringing everybody with me, okay? So I'll be talking to you um, probably Sunday. And then, like I said, we'll get into some spooky stuff. Have a great rest of the day and a great Saturday. Ciao.